0: Singapore has been a signatory to the Paris Agreement since 2016. The short to medium term plan is for Singapore to reduce its emissions intensity by about 36% from 2005 levels, as well as to stabilise its greenhouse gas emissions with the aim of peaking around 2030. However, in the long term, Singapore also aims to halve its peak emissions by 2050 and to achieve net zero emissions as soon as viable in the second half of the century. Recently, to meet its environmental goals, Singapore unveiled the Singapore Green Plan 2030, or sometimes more affectionately known as the Green Plan, which is a whole of nation movement implemented by several governmental agencies to advance Singapore's national agenda on sustainable development. Some key initiatives include quadrupling Singapore's solar energy deployment by 2025, reducing waste by up to 30% uh, that is sent to the landfills by 2030, setting aside about 200 hectares uh, for nature parks with an aim to plant a million trees across the country, and also the quickly phasing out of registrations for diesel cars and taxis from 2025 and building 60,000 electric vehicle charging uh, points nationwide. And one of the biggest parts of this green plan is to build a green economy and to become a leading center for green finance in Asia. Singapore introduced as part of its initiatives for this, the Enterprise Sustainability Program to help corporations, particularly small and medium enterprises to embrace sustainability and to develop capabilities in this area. All of this constitutes extremely exciting developments um, that Singapore continues to show uh, as a strong dedication to meeting its sustainability commitments towards the Paris Agreement. The Carbon Pricing Act and its accompanying regulations came into operation on 1st January 2019. We understand that this is the first carbon pricing scheme in Southeast Asia. Under the CPA, any industrial facility that emits greenhouse gas emissions equal to or above 2,000 tons of equivalent carbon dioxide has to register as a reportable facility and to submit an emissions report annually. For the larger facilities, facilities that emit GHG emissions equal to or above 25,000 tons of equivalent carbon dioxide annually will be required to register as a taxable facility and to submit a monitoring plan and an emissions report annually. Additionally, these taxable facilities will also have to pay a carbon tax at a rate of $5 per tonne of GHG emissions. The government has indicated that it will review the carbon tax rate by 2023, with plans to increase it to between 10 to 15 Singapore dollars per tonne by 2030. A major part of Singapore's economy relies on the oil industry, and there are several industrial facilities that emit considerable volumes of greenhouse gases as part of their operations. So one of the key objectives for the introduction of this carbon tax is really to help spur the transition of energy generation from non-renewable sources to renewable alternatives, such as wind and solar power. While carbon taxation has proven to be effective uh, as a method of reducing air pollution, as well as combating climate change, It remains to be seen whether this will have a similar effect in Singapore. Singapore is considering hydrogen as a potential alternative energy solution. The hydrogen market or hydrogen technology as a green energy solution in general is still fairly nascent but there is growing expectation from the private and public sectors that hydrogen will play a substantial role in enabling achievement of sustainability goals. Singapore is no exception. The current activities in this space within Singapore comes mainly in the form of pilot projects, some encouraged or facilitated by the Singapore government and Singapore companies in collaborating together with some global frontrunners in hydrogen technology to um, test and in- implement these pilot projects. Some of these key developments include a small self-contained power grid on Sumakau Island, which is an island off the southern coast of Singapore, to assess the usefulness or the feasibility of um, obtaining green hydrogen from uh, renewable sources like solar panels and wind turbines. There are also various announced collaborative efforts between um, the Japanese companies together with large Singapore-based companies looking into the feasibility of using um, hydrogen for the purposes of powering various facilities such as data centers. We continue to watch this space with much interest as hydrogen technology and the market continues to mature. RE100 is a global corporate renewable energy initiative that brings together businesses committed to the procurement of 100% renewable electricity for their operations. This initiative, together with other similar green CSR initiatives, has had a material significant impact on sustainability and the implementation of these sustainability commitments in Singapore We have seen many local corporations such as the large uh, local banks like DBS uh, DBS Bank as well as multinational um, corporations with operations in Singapore including the likes of Microsoft, Apple and Google that have RE100 commitments and have taken very, very uh, direct steps to fulfill these commitments. We have been privileged to be involved in a number of these deals. For example, as early as 2017, we advised one of the largest technology uh, solutions provider in the purchase of renewable energy certificates um, from a large solar project in Singapore. We have also recently advised the Public Utilities Board on the region's largest floating solar project, um, which is still currently, we understand, uh, the largest in the world. As more and more corporations in Singapore seek to meet their RE100 commitments, I think we will see increased activity and demand from multinational corporations for renewable energy generated from both on-site and off-site renewable energy sources. And all of these will accumulate and have a material part to play in helping Singapore achieve its sustainability commitments. Admittedly, even though Singapore has been largely successful in dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, the economy has not been left uh, unscathed. I think the economy shrank by about 5.8% uh, in 2020, and it was initially feared that the sustainability agenda may take a backseat in light of more pressing issues, such as economic recovery and getting the pandemic under control. To the contrary, and fortunately, sustainable development still remains high on the agenda for the Singapore government. In the recent Budget 2021 speech, the Singapore government identifies sustainability as a key goal in the future, with the focus on education, transportation, and green financing. In fact, Singapore has used the COVID-19 pandemic as an opportunity to come up with sustainability solutions that uh, were otherwise uh, not presented in the the past. For example, the Ministry of Transport has indicated that a decrease in cars through the adoption of a lot of telecommuting and staggered working hours has opened a window of opportunity for the ministry to reimagine Singapore's road infrastructure there is a plan to expand the cycling path network from currently 460 kilometers to almost three times, or more than three times, to 1,320 kilometers by 2030. This is also expected, the sustainability agenda, is also expected to catalyze Singapore's transition from internal combustion engine vehicles to electric vehicles. On the construction sector side, this has been hard hit by the pandemic and the National Development Ministry is assisting with various plans and support for the construction industry through research, innovation and digitalization. Ultimately, it cannot be ignored that the COVID-19 pandemic has negatively and profoundly impacted the economy. However, we are optimistic that Singapore will remain committed to its sustainability commitments and goals, and we have every confidence that it will continue to work towards meeting such goals in a post-pandemic world.